Hey, bestie, I'm so happy you're here. Welcome to Staying Inspired. I'm your hype woman and host, Amanda Yoa, and my jam is inspiring the glass ceiling breakers, the bold move makers, the best life living women in the making. This is the hottest place for empowerment, real conversation, inspiration, humor, and tools for you to up-level your life and make some bold moves in that main character energy. So now that you're here, grab some snacks, sit back, and let's get into it. Hey, girlfriends, welcome back to another episode of Staying Inspired. I'm, as always, your host and hype woman, Amanda Yoa. Today, today I have with me the amazing psychotherapist, coach, podcast host of the podcast, Shit Your Therapist Won't Tell You, and all-around boss-ass bitch, Valerie Martin. Hey, Val, what's going on, girl? How are you? So happy to be here. All righty. I can't wait to dive into this conversation. It's such a juicy and and so relevant to my life, and I think a lot of the people that are going to be listening um, so I can't wait to dive in. Before we do, I do want to give a quick shout out. I I know I've been I've been all the hype about this. If you see my Instagram, you know, I just got to a point in my life where like by 2 p.m. I was just feeling like crap. And I I love coffee. Don't get me wrong. You know, your girl's a coffee lover. I don't know if you like coffee, but I love it. Pumpkin spice lattes are my thing you know, especially this time of year. And now we're getting into the Christmas flavors, which I can't wait. But, you know, I just got tired of fueling my body with coffee all the time. You know, come two o'clock, I felt like crap. And I just felt like I needed to run literally on caffeine. And I just didn't want to do that anymore to my body. You know, I would sometimes if I had too much during the day, I would wake up in the middle of the night, like, you know, 3am, like, why am I wide awake? <laughs> you know, well, maybe it's because you had three coffees today, Amanda. You know, so I was, I'm at a, I was at a point where I'm like, I need to figure something out because I just can't keep doing this anymore. So, you know, the gods, Instagram gods, I was scrolling and I seen this advertisement for Magic Mind. And let me tell you, it's a little shock list, which I love. Oh, I love the name. Yeah, for me, it's so cute. I love their their branding is awesome. Like it was just such a good vibe. I don't know if you could say it, but it was just such a good vibe. I just got a good feeling off the bat from them. And, you know, they have like so many amazing ingredients that help you focus, you know, just give you that good energy that you need without that feeling of like, you know, when I drink this, it's a little shot and I don't feel jittery afterwards. I can just get on with my day. I don't have to worry about taking a big jug with me and, you know, I got to drink this, you know, because I, I do that too with like my protein drinks and then I get sidetracked and I'm like, I didn't even drink my protein drink. This is a little shot. You know, you just take it in two gulps and you go on with your day. But let me tell you, I have the focus. I have the energy. I sleep better at night. I'm not waking up at 3 a.m. wide awake, ready to go. So I'm getting the hours of sleep that I need. I just overall feel healthier. So anyone who is interested, check it out. I will post it in the description below. Um, or you can check out magicmind.com slash inspired. Um, at checkout, be sure, you know, your girl's always going to hook you up. Um, use the code inspire20 to get yourself 20% off your first time purchase and up to 50 per- 56% off a subscription if you decide I'm all in this is what I want something on it which is what I did you know something I want on a consistent basis 
um, you can get up to 56% off, which is awesome. So check it out. Magic Mind. Don't let it fall behind. Oh, look at that. I made up a rhyme. Oh, love it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So let's dive in. You know, cultivating. I love this discussion. Cultivate self-discipline without being an asshole to yourself, right? Like why, how do we shift from, you know, shame-based motivation to compassionate self-discipline that, you know, creates this effective way where, you know, we get shit done basically, you know, like first let's talk about shame. Cause I, I can really, I can really dig into that. Can you explain what, what shame-based motivation is? Because maybe there's women listening that are like, they don't even realize they do it, you know? Totally. So what is shame-based motivation and how how does it manifest in our, our daily lives? Yeah. So shame-based motivation is essentially thinking that if I just crack the whip harder on myself, surely I will do better. I will be better, right? I can maybe hate my way into like losing weight or succeeding in my job and just, you know, not only hustling yourself into the ground, but believing that you're, you're not good enough as you are. And therefore, if you, if you do all the things that will make you good enough, then, then that will be the only way that you can get there. Right. Um, and it really is like, unfortunately it's sort of the default mode that we think of with motivation like even sort of you know you ask people about their workouts and they're like oh yeah you know i just hate hate not everybody but you know that's kind of the trope right is like yeah i hate it but i do it and it's like shit like does it really have to be that way but but we really often believe because we haven't learned a different paradigm that the only way to get myself to do the thing is to like force myself to do it because if i don't i'm not good enough right right and you know i think too it it can come from a place of because I mean this has like been my personal experience and I found myself in this constant cycle of hating the way that I looked. Um, a lot of people know this about me. I'm not sure if you do, but at one point I was like 300 pounds and I was completely unhappy with myself. I mean, I was I had a lot of internal things going on, you know, anxiety, depression, just not living in alignment with what was for me. You know, I was a people pleaser, all the things. But on the outside, I was very unhealthy. I had an unhealthy relationship with food. And I thought, you know, my whole gym journey, my whole health journey towards trying to get a better physical self always came from a place of shame. And it came from a place of hating my body and not liking what I saw in the mirror, not accepting what I saw in the mirror as who I really was. And just coming from a place of, well, I have to do this because I look horrible. I have to do this because I'm fat. I have to do this because I hate my body. And it just, it never got me anywhere. And I never understood why, you know? So that's why I say like a lot of women may not even realize that they're unconsciously doing this because they think that this is like a normal. I wanted to ask you, like, where do you think people, women specifically, where does this shame-based motivation come from? The patriarchy. <laughs> I mean, it, it comes from all of a, 
the oppression-based systems that we swim in, right? And just like the this sort of saying of like, you're we're the fish that don't even realize that we are in water because we're just always swimming in it, right? And so um, whether you believe that the patriarchy has an impact on like your actual day-to-day experience or beliefs about yourself, like here to tell you, it does, right? As women in our culture, even if we have more freedom and empowerment than any generation of women before us, even if you feel very personally empowered and you're a boss ass bitch, the patriarchy is still out there. It is insidious, just like white supremacy and, you know, all the other isms, fat phobia, all of these things that um, influence, even if intellectually we disagree with them, unless we really choose to live into a different paradigm, they're going to be influencing us. And I think that's a really important distinction of choosing because it's like we can't just wish away the impact that these things have. Like I'm sure you've heard about the research behind like hiring practices and that people who were quote unquote overweight in larger bodies would often not get hired um, with the exact same resume, it's, you know, et cetera, right? So like those things, those oppressive things, that, that marginalization is real. You can't, we can't affirm our way out of that. However, we can say that despite what my culture believes and what my culture has taught me about these things, I choose to not subscribe to that. That is not the way that I see the world. And a lot of times people just think like, oh, well, that just is what it is. Or like, you know, there's a, a, a training that I'm doing right now that's, um, talks about loss of attraction in relationships and, and that's like kind of a, a typical thing in loss of attraction is like, say, you know, uh, a partner gains weight and the other partner's like, well, I'm just not attracted to it. And like, really, we look at it as though it's this external thing that we have no control over of like, that's just not what I'm attracted to. Whereas we can actually make a decision to say, am I open to changing my beliefs around what I find attractive or not? Um, and that internal sort of locus of control that we can have to influence our beliefs. So, you know, long answer to your question, but where does this shit come from? It comes from all of the conditioning that we are raised in, whether that's our culture at large um, and all the media influences that we're kind of soaking in all the time and also the beliefs um, perpetuated in our family of origin. Yeah. Yeah, I totally resonate with that. I remember growing up, we, I grew up do- predominantly in a uh, Polish influenced household. And, you know, my grandfather was always raised, you know, his, his family came from poverty. A lot of people in Poland, you know, at least where his parents lived at that time, that, that period, you know, came from poverty. So, you know, when you got a meal, you were expected to eat everything off of your plate. And if you didn't, you were shamed because there was poor people in Poland that would give anything to finish that plate, you know? So I took that with me, that shame with me towards, you know, when I would eat, I would be like, well, you know, my plate is loaded and I got to finish it because there's poor people in Poland that would die to have this food, you know? So there are outside influences and it really takes the courage, especially a lot of the women listening right now in our audience are Women who are, are, you know, pioneering something of their own, you know, they're building their own businesses. And I think it was really important what you said. It's like finding the courage to, 
to break free from that and realize that even though you look a certain way, you feel a certain way about yourself, you know, self-acceptance is such a powerful thing. And to still get out there and do the thing, despite how you think you look, how you think you sound, how you, you know, how you appear to other people. And this is just on a physical level I'm speaking on because we did touch on, you know, like the, the, the weight thing, you know, if, if you're heavy, you can't do a certain job. And at one point in my life, I, that's what I thought too. And there were certain things I wanted to do, but I was still, um, my inside didn't reflect my outside just yet because my physical self was like my last piece of my puzzle. So I felt who's going to take me serious. I'm this 300 pound girl talking about changing your life and blah, 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 because I knew it wasn't accepted in society, but I broke free from that and I gained the courage and I told myself a different narrative, you know, and then along the road, I, I fixed my physical self. I now live a healthier lifestyle, but you know, I think it's really important for women listening. It doesn't matter what you look like, what you sound like, you know, to me, it's just putting yourself in that when and then mindset, you know, when I have the body, when I have this, when I have that, then I can go and do the thing. No, break free and do it in the now, right? Like set a different narrative. That's what I say. Absolutely. And there's this necessity to really step into dialectical thinking, which is like the holding both things that seem to contradict. So in your example, it's like stepping into accepting yourself, even though you also knew there were changes that you wanted to make, but both of those had to coexist at the same time for that change to be successful, right? Which is kind of, again, it's counterintuitive. We think, well, I I can't possibly accept myself. There's things that I want to change or need to change. And yet often that change does not really happen because we're doing it based out of shame until we can bring in the acceptance piece too. So we think that acceptance and change are contradictory and in a ways they are, but they can actually coexist at the same time. Yeah. I love you. We brought that up because it leads me into my next question you know the women listening who are like uh yeah you know like i do this all the time this is me <laughs> you know how can they switch from like shame to compassionate and loving self-discipline yeah so first of all i would just say really stop believing and buying into the lie that like shaming and and criticizing yourself into quote unquote improvement is the right path there because I'm here to tell you and the research is here to tell you that it's just not, right? So even if you only change your path, like you're going to be a happier human being um, and you're going to be more healed. But even if you only do it because it's actually a more effective way to change, like use that as the reason to step into a different way of being with this. And often, you know, part of that lie that we're sold is that, you know, if I accept myself I'm going to be lazy. I'm going to be complacent. Why would I do that? That's counterproductive to the change that I want to make or the action that I want to take. And again, the research says otherwise. So it's learning how I I believe we need to reclaim self-discipline and the way that we approach it from like the biohacking tech bros, because the way that that's often approached is like, there's no heart in it. It's all, you know, numbers and evaluating ourselves and just like, you know, this has to be this. Yeah, exactly. And it's got to be the center of your life. Like count your macros, bro. And like all of that. And if, I mean, if you count your macros and that works for you, great. But 
it's like ultimately we it's not like self-acceptance means like oh well i guess then i'll just like do whatever i feel like doing no we can actually reclaim a type of self-discipline that is about becoming our own best cheerleader right and of course then having people like you or me or whoever in your corner can also be really critical to amplifying that success and speeding it up but really there are absolutely ways that we can talk to ourselves differently that we can just start to move toward those actions that we want to take from a place of how does this move me toward my values not how does this move me away from feeling not good enough right yeah and i and maybe and maybe it's even like you know finding your values i know that was for me, you know, in my weight loss journey specifically, I didn't even realize that, you know, the physical piece of my puzzle was just that. It was just a piece of the whole story that was going on. And when I was able to shift from like the shame to having compassion for myself, it was honestly shifting from like a place of doing to a place of being and finding other gateways of healing other than plugging in, I need to do this and do this and do this. No, I just need to be. I need to be accepting of who I am in the now. I need to be loving of that person in the now. I need to be compassionate to that person. I I need to give her grace and gratitude for how far she's come, right? And when I was able to give myself those things, it opened up gateways of healing that I never even realized that A, I need it and B, that we're even there. So, you know, for me and my journey, and I don't know if you have a similar journey, if you do, you know, share a story if you want to, but, you know, that was me. It was, you know, coming from a place of shame, I I was like stuck and stagnant. I was telling myself this story that I got quite honestly tired of telling myself. (laughs) I just thought to myself, why don't we start telling ourselves a story that serves us, Amanda. And it really opened my eyes to, you know, just having compassion and love and acceptance for who I was in the now. And then I discovered, you know, um, I always talk about this, like gratitude was my, my door opener towards my healing. Um, and it's really hard to find things that you're grateful for when you're so focused on the things that are not or things that you are not, you know, um, but that was what saved me and opened up so many gates to my healing was, was the gratitude piece. Um, but yeah, you know, it was such a beautiful journey, but for me, it was really that shift from the doing to just the being and, um, you know, finding gateways through that. Absolutely. And I would say that for me, uh, shame has been such a lifelong companion and it's evolved over times. Like I always talk about how shame is a sneaky bitch because it's like, sometimes it's really overt. Like we know it's very clear that we are being a jerk to ourselves. We're really, really hard on ourselves. We're criticizing ourselves a lot. Um, but once you kind of get past that, it's like, there's still some ninja work to do because it can be very sneaky in how it shows up. And so for me, I was like, yeah, I believe in myself. Like I'm going to go after my dreams. And yet if that quote unquote success didn't happen the way that I thought it was supposed to happen, didn't happen in the timeline that I thought it was supposed to happen, seemed like my efforts were not being effective, then it was like, 
what the hell is wrong with me? Why am I even bothering? And it would really show up as a lot of discouragement and just wanting to give up and being like, well, I guess I'm just, this isn't meant for me, right? Which is just another sneaky way that shame is telling me somehow that there's something fundamentally about me that makes this type of success impossible. And that's bullshit, right? So um, one of the things, and, and there's been, you know, just like the spiral staircase metaphor I love because it's sort of like that idea of, wait a minute, I thought I already worked through this, right? I thought I worked through this years ago and, but new level, new devil. And so when you're, when you've uh, slayed one dragon, you keep climbing up that spiral staircase, you end in a place that feels very familiar. Like I thought I already worked through this, but it is at a new level. And so it's just, you know, that reminder that, even, even for like someone like me who I'm like, well, I've had all these, you know, therapy skills for over a decade and like I should know better, quote unquote, but I'm human and I'm susceptible to these shame demons like the rest of us. And so in recent years, I've had new and more and more levels of kind of slaying those dragons. And just this past July 4th, I was feeling so discouraged about the coaching stuff and like starting this new business. Like I built this other business that's doing well, whatever. Like I put in the work and the, and it worked and that's how it's supposed to happen. But in the coaching business, it's not happening yet. And so I'm starting to buy into that story. Why bother? What's wrong with me? And I had been sort of keeping it in and trying to like push myself and like brute force my way to the success. And my husband and I, uh, we went out for, for drinks because we weren't doing anything for the fourth. And it's like, oh, well, at least we can go have a, a cocktail. So I'm drinking out of my coconut and I just start sobbing. <laughs> and it's like, what an image, right? <laughs> I mean, how sad is that? But I opened up to him about how discouraged I was feeling and just like, maybe I should quit. Maybe I should call it a loss. Literally that night, I'm going through, I always look at the Kindle daily deals because I'm always like, Ooh, I love, love a good book deal. I came across a book called The Gap and the Gain. And if it's cool, I want to describe this framework really briefly because it was, it was exactly what I needed to hear at the time to shift from like this, this new manifestation of shame into possibility. So essentially this, this book, it's written by Benjamin Hardy based on the work of Dan Sullivan, who's a founder of Strategic Coach. Uh, it's a phenomenal book. And essentially the framework is this, that when we have an ambition, a goal, a desire that we're working toward, so say that we're at our starting place or we start, here, here's where we are. We're like three steps into the process and we have like way up here at the top, we've got like our ideals, like where we want to be, our vision. Um, and so even though it's great, it's important to set those ideals because that sort of illuminates the path forward and the direction we need to move in. Those ideals are often very lofty. They, they may not even be totally realistic. Like we don't know, right? But what we do know is that if we're just focused on hitting those ideals, we, and then we're measuring ourselves between where we are now and those ideals, that's what they call measuring ourselves in the gap, then we're always going to feel discouraged, disillusioned, shameful, not good enough. What's the point? Like everything that I was feeling. And, and so it's 
like it, it seems so counterintuitive because that's naturally how we measure ourselves, right? Like here I am, here's where I want to be. Like, how am I doing? So they offer this alternative, which they call measuring yourself in the gain. So same thing, like starting point, here's where I'm at, way up here is my ideals, my vision. But those those ideals are looked at as more of a horizon line, which is always moving, right? So we're never necessarily going to get there. So instead of measuring in that gap between where we are now and those ideals, we measure between where we started and now. And so that's measuring the gains that you've already made. And even if you fell on your ass, well, did you learn something useful from it? Because that's a gain, right? And it's so it's like a kind of a combination of like celebrating every, every small win. And like you were saying before, the gratitude piece. But there was something about the, that particular framework that it clicked in such a deeper way for me. It's like glass half full. It's gratitude. It's, you know, looking at the wins. And so that's just a practice that I've gotten in on a daily basis now is when I catch myself in the gap, I go, how could I be in the game with this? And it has been an absolute game changer. I love that. And, you know, that's something I talk about a lot too, because when you're measuring in the gap too, you know, a lot of times we have our aspirations up here and our goals. Like I started out coaching and I thought that was like the end all be all of my life. You know, I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to walk into the sunset as this like amazing coach. And, and I quickly found out that that just wasn't the route for me. But I think a lot of times we get so like, I call it like the tunnel vision of that goal. And it, it can only, it has to look that way, sound that way, you know, this is how it has to look and be. And if it's not, then I am not. And I'm a failure, right? But in reality, I was myself because um, I caught myself up in that. And I was stuck and I was resentful and I was seeing other people around me achieve things and I was getting bitter and frustrated with myself. And then like, it was like the why is happening to me, you know, um, because I was so laser focused on having those outcomes of my future self. Now that's not to say that you're not supposed to write out, you know, your dreams and your goals, like, you know, your future. I always say write out your future self very specifically down to like, is she like, what kind of underwear does this girlfriend wear? Is she thong or is she like brief, you know, but when you get so laser focused on that, you're essentially cutting off so many things that are happening around you for you. Like I never set out to have a podcast. I never set out to have my community next level women, but here I am. You know, I think it comes down to really being in that when we're able to sit in the, the gratitude and, and the gains of what we've already accomplished. We find so much power there and so much clarity and it opens up other, you know, it helps broaden our horizons and our view of, okay, like wake up. This is what's happening around you that you're ignoring because you think this is what you should be doing, but it's actually something bigger and better than you could have ever imagined. So let's go get with it. So I love, 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 love that. I love that. Yes. Yeah. And when we, when we're in the game and we're looking at that perspective, like, naturally we feel more hopeful, more optimistic, more excited, more present with the moment that's here now. Like, why wouldn't we want that life? So it really is like taking the the paradigm that our culture handed us, turn it on its head because we can actually do things our own way. Yeah. 
I want to touch on briefly before we wrap this up, you know, um, and then I have a, a, a fun segment. Um, but for me, when I was able to shift into a more compassionate and loving form of self-discipline, I saw other things change in my life. So what do you think as far as, you know, cultivating compassionate self-discipline, can it positive positively affect other areas of our lives, such as relationship, work, you know, or overall well-being? What are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. Because really without that self-discipline when um when we're floundering and again this is assuming it's compassionate self-discipline not shamey but if if we don't have that we we sort of always feel like we're letting ourselves down so we don't have self-trust why am i going to trust someone who repeatedly says she's going to do x for me and she doesn't right that's what happens when we don't cultivate that compassionate self-discipline and so by learning how to cultivate that, and of course it's imperfectly, like it's otherwise it's way too rigid. But when we cultivate that, we feel more trusting of ourselves. And so that's going to naturally increase our overall sense of self um, and self-esteem, which impacts how we show up in our relationships. We feel more hopeful. We feel a better sense of like self-efficacy. Like I have the agency to make shit happen in my life. Right. So of course that's going to impact us in every possible way, positive well-being and relationships. So that's absolutely a great question because this is not just all about like have the discipline to like get shit done. Like, yes, it is that, but the ripple effect is so much wider than that, including like how we serve. Because if we get bogged down by the sort of how overwhelming it is to think of like, oh my God, the needs of the world are so massive. There's so much pain and suffering in the world. What's the fucking point of even trying to do anything, right? Whereas if we can be in the game, if we can have that self-discipline of, you know what? I just show up and I do one thing a week. I read one news article a week. Like that's it. That's my self-discipline practice there. I am making an impact way more effectively than if I let that discouragement um, and not doing enoughness take hold. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think what came up for me too was like, um, when you're able to have that compassion for yourself, um, you, you know, you're able to open up those different gateways towards, uh, you know, how we have that relationship with ourselves. And then in turn, we open up different gateways of how we have relationships with other people. You know, like I had really, I had really bad relationships with people that were the closest to me. And when I was able to start giving myself the things that I needed, I, those things started reflecting outwardly. And I was start, you know, I could start having a better relationship with other people, seeing them in a different way, in a different light, you know, not having that rigidness that you talked about of that, you know, just coming from a place of just like low energy and shame, you know, and, and looking at that, everything changes. It's like almost, you know, like you, you put on like the rose, rose colored glasses in a good way, you know, because you're, you're giving yourself love, compassion, empathy, all the things that you've needed. And now that reflects in your relationships with other people. Like talk about love language specifically. I mean, I could talk about that for, that could be a whole other episode in itself, but you know, opening myself up to love people's love languages, you know, things I never even realized existed, you know, but when I started giving myself those things, I was able to open up those gateways with other people too. So yeah, I love that. 
Love it. Love it. Well, this was such a powerful conversation. I know everybody was probably taking notes. And if you were not, go back and take notes because there was some juice given poured out today. All right. All right. Well, before we wrap up, I do have something fun. Um, as always, you know, um, I was Googling on Google and, you know, the holidays are here, the boat, the burr months, as we call them, you know, the cold, the cooler months, at least where I live, it's cooler. Um, so I found some really cool outdoor date ideas, uh, for fall, you know, not so much romantic, but they can be if you want to do it with your significant other. You can also do this with your friends. Um, so I wanted to list them just to give everyone something to do. If you're looking for something to do that won't break the bank, because I know we're probably all getting ready to do our holiday shopping. So let me know your thoughts on these two. Um, you know, whether you're a yay or nay. So here we go. All right, ready? Number one, harvest food picking. Check out your local farm and go and pick out whatever, you know, fruits or vegetables are in season. I think that's a good thing. I love apples. Yeah, that's so funny. I saw some meme recently that was like, hey, honey, but you know, how's this, you know, $37 bag of apples or whatever, right? <laughs> and some someone commented, it's all for the gram, right? But it's also, it's having an experience, right? At the end of the day, it's about having an experience. And we don't live in a world where most of us have our own orchards anymore. So like, go have an experience. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, I totally agree with that. I did a video the one time, like a parody video, making fun of like, and but I do it every year. So I was like making fun of myself. <laughs> yeah. I go to the, you know, the the apple orchard or whatever and we go pumpkin picking we'll pick some apples and then you know you have to go through their little market that they have and you see all the for some reason it's always the jams that get me i don't know if it's just the aesthetics of them all lined up perfectly that just feeds my ocd mind i don't know but um you know i always just find myself attracted and here i am i'm like yes I will use this boysenberry jam every day of my life. <laughs> Bring it up, you know? And then it just sits in the back of my fridge and then I forget it's there. And then next Christmas, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even use this. Um, so yeah, you know, but it is, it's all about having the experience. Okay, so another one is watch a holiday movie outdoors. I thought that was a really good idea and I plan on doing this with my kids because we have one of those projectors and I was like, oh, that would be so cool. I have an outdoor little fire pit. I'm like, I could set that up, put a tent over us to kind of like, you know, keep the heat in if it's cold and just have like a whole movie night out in the yard. I thought that was amazing. That would be fun. And that reminds me, I know that drive-in movies made a comeback during COVID. And I'm sure that a lot of them are like still operating. I know we have one kind of on the outskirts of Nashville here and I haven't been, but now I'm like, ooh, that would be a really fun thing to do. Yeah. That is fun. That is really fun. All right. Another one is I, I do this every year, uh, a Christmas light tour. Now there's something you can pay for, or you can just like drive around in your neighborhood. And look, we always do that. I live right around the corner um, from, I, I don't ask me how we even came to, you know, so we're like right on the cusp of like a different neighborhood. It's a higher tax bracket for sure. Um, there's been like Eagles players, you know, big business owners that live around the corner and it's like their, their mansions, essentially. They are paying people to put up those lights. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but those lights are gorgeous. So we go and have ourselves a, a ride down that road and it's like a free 
Christmas light show and my kids love it. And they get, you know, they get to roll the window down and hang out the window and look at the lights and it's, it's just really fun. Yeah. So this is one I haven't really, I haven't done this specifically yet. I mean, I always love like fall camping, but of course, you know, if it's super cold, then I'm like, give me the cabin. But there's those getaway house things that are like little single pods with glass windows and they look, it's just such an aesthetic vibe and they have them kind of in different spots over the country. So it's just getaway.house. Um, and they, they have like a hot shower. Like they have like little things in your little micro cabin. I don't know that they're heated, but you know, with the right blankets, I'm like, I definitely want to do that sometime this fall. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. I love that. I was going to say rent an Airbnb in the mountains, but the micro cabins too, that would be a really fun experience. I think that would be more my pace too, because it still gives you that like, your camping feel without actually being in a tent because I, your girl cannot be in a tent. I just, I'm more of a glamper. I am a glamper, but it's so funny. So we, we've upgraded to like the queen size cot with the queen size mattress, full set of sheets and blankets, just sitting inside of our tent. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. See, I need, like, I just can't, I, I can't do the tent and the, it's just too so that would be a really good option for me specifically now if you're if you're more of a like let's get dirty let's get rugged let's get active a good event uh would be um have like a flag football group date with like you and your friends i think that would be pretty fun i would probably be sore the next day but doing it would be a good time we actually did it we were up the mountains this past weekend um for we had like a halloween thing and my friend hosted beautiful house up the mountains and we ended up playing like football outside with the kids and it was good, but the top of my foot is hurting. So yes, see, like I would get hurt the next day. Yep. I'm like, I think I did something to my foot playing football, probably the gravel shouldn't have did that, but all right. And lastly, um, which is probably very standard for this time of year, we all go outside. It's cold ice skating. Wow. Yeah. I guess it depends on where you live. Like where I grew up, there was no such thing as an ice skating rink, nor anywhere that you could actually go outside and skate on because nothing froze <laughs> in Texas. <laughs> now I know there's an actual, like there's a couple rinks here because we have a hockey team and everything. But yeah, it's like, that's like a whole new world to me. I'm like, what? People do this? Like you literally strap blades to your feet and go skate on frozen water. This is wild to me. It's wild, right? <laughs> I know. I love it. I think it's fun. There's actually a place down in Philly, if anyone's in the, ever in the Philly area, right downtown in front of City Hall. They just, um, they built an outdoor rink and they always go like all out um, during the holiday season. It's very festive, decorated. So it's like a whole vibe. Like if you're all about getting like, you know, um, your Instagram real be real stuff it's definitely a, a must visit for that because it's the aesthetics are just hitting and it's a fun time the kids enjoy it they do a light show on the wall like all along city hall like the building it's really cool it's a, it's magical mine would be more of a, a blooper reel yeah falling. yeah definitely <laughs> definitely my i i swear i try not to fall because the first thing in my mind is always like I'm going to fall and then someone's going to run someone's my gonna finger skate over. over your, yeah, 
I mean, 100%. They're literal blades. <laughs> I'm like always so scared. The minute I fall, that's like the first thing in my head. <laughs> like my fingers. I will like curl my hands. I swear. I do it all the time. That's just smart. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen. All right. Well, there you have it. There are some outdoor date ideas for fall, the burn months. If you're in a cold or wherever you're at, I think you could do these no matter where you're at. But there you go. And I've loved this conversation. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, so much fun. Yes. And I will put the description down in the description where you can link up with her. I'll put all her info. Awesome. All right. Till next time, ladies, stay inspired. Thank you so much for listening, Bestie. If you love what you heard, spread the word. Screenshot this episode and post it on your social media. Don't forget to tag your girl. If you would like to show some further love, give this podcast a review over on iTunes. And be sure to follow our Staying Inspired Podcast Community Facebook page. I'm super grateful for each and every one of you. Together, we create that next level self. Till next time, stay inspired.